Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing the week that was for the Atlanta Hawks as they uh, keep up with their winning ways, and we'll also be discussing the Atlanta Falcons and their Thursday night performance against the New England Patriots, and I will wrap up the show with a little bit of uh, college football talk. Uh, not much to talk about there, but a few notable things. Uh, so we'll get, that to, at, we'll get into that at the end of the show. But we'll start off, we'll get the bad part out of the way, and talk about Thursday Night Football, the Falcons, and the Patriots. Uh, the Falcons' first primetime game of the year. Their first and only one, I believe. And they laid an absolute egg in this game. They lost 25 to nothing. Um... It wasn't um, it wasn't this bad of a blowout for most of the game. It, it was a it was like a sort of a blowout, but for most of the game, the Falcons were actually not down by a ton. For a lot of the game, it was um, thirteen to nothing, and then at one point it was sixteen to nothing. So yeah, it, it was um, like the Falcons were never truly out of this game until like kind of late into the fourth quarter, really. Um, but you know it's um it, it was not a pretty game. Like I said, they throw thirteen to nothing at halftime. Uh, ended up being down sixteen to nothing. Um, in, uh early in the fourth quarter, which like still technically is a two possession game, but uh, being down sixteen to nothing is is literally as bad as it can get. Being down two possessions, they end up losing twenty five to nothing. Offense just had absolutely nothing in this game. Uh, the defense actually, I thought, didn't play too bad. They, they kind of they held um the Patriots at bay um like for a good portion of the game. They weren't perfect by any means, but the twenty five to nothing, even like like the last co- the last few points scored by the Patriots, I, I'd say the last nine points were garbage time. Um. So yeah, like it, the, the Falcons' defense played pretty fine in this game. The, the. The score was inflated at the end because um, the Falcons threw some interceptions. Each Actually, each quarterback on the team threw an interception to wrap up the game. Uh, Matt Ryan threw two. Um, and then they brought in Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks, and they both threw an interception themselves too. And that really just uh, added insult to injury um, towards the end. And, yeah, it was just a comedy of errors for most of this game offensively. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go over the offense real quick. And, um... It's worth noting for sure that they were without Cordero, Cordero Patterson in this game. He was ruled out. Um, he was kind of a game-time decision, but it was about an hour before the game. They ruled him out with a foot injury, I believe. But uh, Matt Ryan was not his best in this game, but really things were not his fault mostly. I mean, he wasn't like fantastic, but it's hard to be good with the kind of pass blocking he was getting. Uh, but his final stat line goes as followed, 19 Completions on 28 attempts, 153 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, 5.5 yards, yard average. Um, not very good. And then, like, Josh Rose and Felipe Franks got in the game, but I don't even need to mention them. They both threw a pick, which was just really added to the humiliation of this game. Um, rushing, um, they really didn't have anything going here, obviously, either. They averaged two and a half yards a carry. The leading rusher was Quadre Allison. Um 
and he, he was just activated off the practice squad, and he actually had some pretty solid runs in the first first half. But um, it, he kind of stalled out, too, um, in this game. Uh, Keith Smith, the fullback, got a couple of carries, but he didn't do much. Mike Davis. Mike Davis had three carries for one yard in this game. Wayne Goldman had one carry for negative three yards. So, yeah, I guess um, I guess we can give Quadre Alice some credit. He wasn't a complete negative on the game. He had a couple of, a couple of good runs, but he couldn't keep up that pace in the second half. Um, we wanted to receiving. The leading receiver was Russell Gage, five catches and 49 yards, led the team in catches and yards um, and targets too. Kyle Pitts had three catches for 29 yards. Zacchaeus, three catches, 23 yards. Tajay Sharp, two catches, 21 yards. Yada, yada, yada. Not, like Nothing really to talk about with the offense in this game. Just pretty bad. Uh, defense, like I said, was actually pretty good. A.J. Terrell had a pick. His first interception of the year. Uh, Foya Luakon had 10 tackles and a sack and a tackle for loss also. His sack that he had, he absolutely exploded through the Patriots offensive line. It was actually very impressive. Um, yeah, so really two two plays of the game defensively. Probably the whole game overall was the Terrell pick and uh, that Foyer sack. It was actually very impressive. Um, but yeah, there's really not much more to say about this game. It was just... Um, Kind of another clown show, honestly. I said they got clowned last week by the Cowboys, and like that last week was definitely more of a clowning, forty-three to three, and then like going for two and going for a fourth down, and then during a blowout, it's definitely clown stuff. But I guess you could say bringing in Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks at the end of the game just to throw interceptions and just uh, they kind of clowned you, twenty-five to nothing. That's just a clown show, and yeah, there's not not much more I can say about it. Um, but yeah, Falcons are bad. They've, they haven't scored a touchdown in uh, more than two weeks. I'm about to, let me, the last time they scored a touchdown was against the Saints. And let's see who, like, let's see what the touchdown was. It was a Alameda Zacchaeus touchdown, um, from Matt Ryan, obviously, to make it 23 to 6 against the Saints. And that was the last time they scored a touchdown. Um, this season so far. Hopefully they'll score another one at some point, but I wouldn't hold my breath with the way things are looking. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. That was the last touchdown they scored against the Saints. I put them up 23-6, to and that's when they were like really beating down the Saints, and then the Saints came back, and yeah, it's, um, it's kind of funny. I guess that was just their last hurrah of offense for the season. All right, anyway, we'll move on from the Falcons. It's just depressing talking about them, and we'll talk about the Hawks, who are on the come up, they're turning things around. Last time we spoke, they were on a little streak. Um, not actually, they're on a two-game win streak. But I said they got a pretty favorable schedule coming up. They only played two games last week, and they won them both. Both at home, both double-digit wins over the Celtics and the Hornets. Uh, Celtics game, they won 110-99. to uh, John Collins on the team scoring at 20 points. Just a really solid game overall. Uh, by the Hawks, they kind of led throughout the game. They just never really gave it back at the end, like they have been doing at some points this season. They like they um they held up in the second half, and there have been games this season where that's not been the case. Uh, Trey wasn't himself shooting the ball in this game. Uh, four of twelve from the field, zero of six from three, which is not what you want. But he had eleven assists and eighteen points still, so still a fine performance. 
Kevin Herter had 19 points. Reddish had 19 points off the bench. Um, yeah, uh, Bogey had uh, 12 points, all of them on three-pointers, so good for him. Hawks win, boogity boogity, move on to Saturday against the Hornets, and the Hawks win again. Uh, they actually um, led this game by, let's see, they led by 12 at the half. Uh, they kind of let the Hornets sneak back in a little bit in the second half, but nothing too major. They still held, held on to win, 115-105. to 105. Uh, Clint Capella, leading scorer, 20 points on 10 of 11 shooting. Um, that's a very good Clint Capella Clint Capella game. He also had 15 rebounds, so yeah, that is exactly what Clint Capella at his best can do. 10 of 11 from the field is pretty good. Uh, John Collins had 15 on 7 to 10 shooting. Uh, Trey wasn't spectacular shooting in this game either. Kind of a cold shooting week for him. 5 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, but still had 19 points, got 9 assists, still just fine. Um, Cam and Gallo had some big points off the bench. Cam very efficient in this game too, 17 points on 7 of 13 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3, uh, 6 boards, Gallo pretty efficient too, 16 points on 2 of 4 shooting from 3, so he was good, um, Herder was good also, 17 points on 6 of 10 shooting, uh, so yeah, Hawks played very well this week, didn't get to watch a ton of the games, got to watch the end of the Celtics game, I didn't get to watch any of the Hornets game actually. But I got to watch them wrap things up get the Celtics. I'm um, planning on watching them a lot more this week. I've just been a bit busy. Um, but, yeah, they got the Thunder tonight. Uh, and like I said, the schedule for the rest of um, this. They, get, they got four games this week. And the schedule is pretty easy again. Um, play the Thunder tonight at home. The Thunder are not good. Um, projected to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Then they go to San Antonio. San Antonio's 4-11, so they're not good. Then they go to Memphis, who are 8-8. Eight and eight, So that's... On the road against a 500 team, that could be, you know, that's not a, you can't really pencil that one in like you could the other two. Uh, then you got the Knicks at home. Um, the Knicks are playing all right basketball. They're 9-8, and eight, uh, but definitely a winnable game. All four of these games are winnable, and there's definitely a shot that they win all four or at least go 3-1 and one this week. And if they go 3-1, and one, that'll put them at a 11-10 and 10 record. Um, put them over 500. And right now they're 8-9, and nine, and I'm looking at the conference standings. They are right outside the play-in games, which are just still so stupid. But, yeah, the, the 76ers are 9-8 and eight at the 10th spot. Hawks are 8-9. They're a game back. Um, standings really don't matter a ton this year. Well, not this year, but this time of year, rather. Uh, like, right now the Bulls are the one seed. I don't know if that's real. Uh, the Wizards are the three seed. I don't know if that's real, you know. The Cavs are six seed. You know, you just don't know which teams are for real yet. And um, I think the Hawks are definitely going to end up in the playoff picture here soon. Even though it doesn't really matter until later in the year, um, everything's just still sorting itself out. Just still uh, worth noting um, that Hawks are just outside the playoffs, and they'll be in there pretty soon, I'd imagine. Um, a little off topic, but I'm just scrolling through here. The Warriors are 15-2. and two. It's pretty wild. And the Suns are 13-3, and three, and they won 12 games in a row. So, yeah, that's pretty pretty crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, that'll do it for the Hawks talk for the week. And uh, we'll uh, move on to some college football stuff. But before that, I just want to mention um, over the weekend, Georgia Tech and Georgia played clean old-fashioned hate basketball edition on Friday night, and Georgia Tech won 88-78. I uh, just wanted to mention that before we get into the football results for the week. Just going to throw that out there. Mike DeVoe, uh, just a cool 37 points for the Jackets. 88-78 uh, Georgia Tech wins against Georgia at Georgia on Friday night. So, yeah, 
Just saying, uh, we'll move on to college football now. We'll get the Georgia teams out of the way real quick. We'll talk about my jackets and football. Just talk about them in basketball. Not as pretty in football this year. They lost 55 to nothing against Notre Dame. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, 55 to nothing. They were losing 45 to nothing at halftime. And, um, yeah, that's all she wrote. Notre Dame really only needed three to win, but they went ahead and got 52 more just to be safe. Moving on, Georgia played Charleston Southern and beat them 56-7. to And that's all for Georgia college football this week. And we'll now get into the overall college football playoff picture, uh, what important things happened this week, and really only one super important thing, I guess you could say two, but one thing that's really going to shake up the rankings is that Oregon got boat raced by Utah. Uh, Utah is good. They were ranked coming in this week. Um, they were 7-3 uh, and three on the year. But I was not envisioning this. I saw the early in the week that they were favored to beat Oregon, which was pretty surprising. They were at home, and they are a good team. But, I mean, Oregon's, like, Oregon's pretty good. And, like, yeah, Utah was minus 3 uh, to win this game. And I thought that was just kind of jarring. And then they went out and beat them by 31. So I guess Oregon's just a bunch of fraudsters, and they are done. They will not be in the playoff this year. And this is good news for my Cincinnati Bearcats, who I'm rooting to get into this playoff. Um, they look like looks like they're going to slide into number four now. That Oregon's going to drop way out. And um, the other notable game I think that's has going to have a ranking shakeup possibly is Ohio State beat Michigan State 56-7. to um, So they could easily jump Alabama because Alabama barely beat Arkansas this week. Uh, so, yeah, you can see Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, and uh, then Cincinnati is probably going to be number 4. And then I think Michigan will follow them up at number 5. And uh, number 7, I mean, who the hell knows? I'll have to, I'd have to go look at the rankings and see who won and stuff. can't remember off the top of my head, but... Yeah, I think that's just really the top five or top six is really all that matters. Um, but yeah, Michigan Ohio State play next week. That that's an elimination game for the college football playoff. Uh, so winner of that game stays alive for another week, and they go to the Big Ten championship. Or I think they'll probably probably play Wisconsin. I think who look who will look to play spoiler. Uh, but yeah, things are looking good for the Bearcats. Um, they destroyed. SMU this week, which was uh, one of their one of their like better opponents. SMU is actually pretty solid this year, and they beat them forty eight to fourteen. So they really needed that. They've been playing a lot of close games against some not very good teams. So they really needed a blowout. Uh, they got Eastern Carolina in their last game of the season. They play on Friday actually, and uh, yeah, Eastern Carolina seven and four. They need to blow them out. Then they'll go to the AAC championship, which it looks like they'll play Houston. Which Houston's ten and one. Who did Houston lose to? Hold on, we're getting we're getting on a little tangent here, but Houston lost to Texas Tech in the first game of the year. So that's not a bad loss, really, um, for Houston. Texas Tech, what's their record? Texas Tech, they just got blanked by Oklahoma State. So Texas Tech, God, what with this load? They're six and five. So I mean, they're a power five team. We're not supposed to win that game. 
but yeah, Houston. I didn't realize they were ten and one. So yeah, they're probably gonna play. They're gonna play um, Cincinnati in the AAC championship, and that's a chance for a quality win because Houston's quite good. Um, they won ten in a row. So yeah, that's uh, the weekly Cincinnati Bearcats update. They are projected to be in the the top four now after this week. I mean, if they somehow keep them out, I mean, I guess they could put Michigan in over them. But even if they do put in Michigan over them, it doesn't matter because um, because they're playing Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan beat Maryland, so that's not like a huge, crazy huge win. Um, but yeah, like even if they do put Michigan in over them or something like that, which I don't think they would do, one of those teams, Ohio State or Michigan, probably Michigan, is going to be bounced out of the playoff um, after after next week's elimination game. So even if they are put in over them, and next week one of them are going to lose. Cincinnati will be put over them anyway. So I guess it don't really matter if Cincinnati's four or five this week. So yeah, that's just some hard hitting analysis of the college football playoff right there. And um, yeah, that's going to wrap up the show this week. Not a very busy show. Um, we had some stuff, some fun stuff, some bad stuff. But yeah, it was just this was just a show. This was a show, not a show show, but definitely a show that we had. Definitely a podcast that I recorded. Um, yeah, so yeah, that'll wrap things up for today. Um, if you made it this far listening, I really appreciate it, and I will see you in the next one.